Culture Podcast with Alaska, Curly Castro, and Zilla Rock. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, call out cultists around the globe. Again, bringing you the type of in-depth analysis that only three true men of leisure this week on the heels mm. of the Marcus Garvey did not ask for this Black Star album episode we are going to dive into dive. the television show Atlanta mm. and all things canon in the Atlanta universe dive, dive but before we get started, allow me to introduce my co-hosts. Bang. Alphabetical order. I am here with my friend Curly Castro. What up? And my friend Zilla Rocker. It's Roche, but A- thanks. AKA, I was just about to say, <laughs> AKA Zilla Roche. When I'm in when I'm in Europe, it's Roche. That's <laughs> just called you Zilla Rocker. Like you're, you're coming Zilla out the bullpen for Atlanta. Yeah, Zilla Rocker. Oh yeah. Or I'm like, in an eighties like wrestling in- duo. Or you wearing weird science or something? Weird science. Yeah. <laughs> weird science. <laughs> weird science. <laughs> did they remake that? They did a remake. Yeah, right? they did that. Or a show. Wait, they did a, a remake show. of Weird Science? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure they made it a show. Who was in it? Like right, Zach yeah. Efron or somebody? Or who was in it? Was it one of those guys? One of the contemporary brown hair guys? I'm Some white sure. dude, yeah. I think like Seth Green was in it, maybe? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I think it was one, one of those dudes. Hair. One of those guys. Or like Brecken Meyer, who was like. But I wonder who the girl was. Well, who was the girl? Was it Megan Fox or somebody? Was it a knockout? Uh, oh, let's 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 investigate this on the old internets. Um, it had to be in the, um, 1998. It was, it was on the Sci-Fi Network for four so years. So was it? Oh, so it was a series. It was a series. Correct. It was right. a series okay. from. Was it a, anybody famous? Five, I mean, five, anybody? Dog. 88 episodes. Actually, we need to catch Holy a lick shit. like that. Some little show that just stays on. Battlestar. Wow. Since you know, you know Saturnalia what's crazy. Um, at times I'm oh, you know who played the Kelly LeBrock role? Fucking Vanessa Angel oh. from Angel. Kingpin. Vanessa. Remember her from Kingpin? She was the yeah, girlfriend. She can't. She can't. She was a smoke show. She had a good like three, four year run. She was. She was a smoke show. She can't. She can't hold Kelly LeBrock's jockstrap. Well, that's not here nor there. I'm talking Saturnalia. <laughs> You, you oh, know it's no, crazy no, 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 in, no, no, no. in a time where you know there's like all these streaming platforms and all these fucking shows. There's and you get a kind of overwhelmed. There's a lot of streaming joints we don't even fuck with. Tubi right. and yeah, like, there's, there's a lot of independent right? joints. Yeah, it's great. Paramount Plus, all that. But Shutter, the, the flip side is, you know, on one end, on one end, there's so many choices at all times. It's like kind of paralyzing. But then in 1998, because there wasn't many choices, Weird Sides TV show got, got to do 88 episodes. <laughs> Remember in '88, we thought there's like a hundred cable channels. This is outlandish. No, I didn't yeah. have cable in. I didn't fuck with no cable in the '80s. You were pretty. No, it. you said '98, right? Yeah, 98. yeah. You said you said in the '80s. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm in. I'm in '98. I was thinking. Yeah, thinking '98 to the '80s. Well, I mean, I, I when I went to college, there was one cable TV downstairs in the lounge. Yep. Everybody else had broadcast in their rooms. And they were just starting to put coaxial cables in people's rooms, like the little Same. cable that you just screw into the back of your TV. You could still um, use your antenna, it was still an analog signal when I was in school. Um, but it was still just the basic, you know, broadcast channels. 
and um and the channel for urban expressions 48 or whatever. Yep, channel 48 shouts to the gods then they started giving cable to the kids and then you had then i think it took some years for me but there was that basic package with your tbs tnc the espn mm-hmm. with a discovery channel yeah um what else am i missing something oh, um i'm just saying like those basic like A&E and shit like that. A&E, okay tmc was the first Bravo. part of that amc yeah. was part of the was part of the basic package at first when they were showing the black and white movies at first before they got into breaking bad and all that they right. were american movie classics amc yeah um so um nickelodeon maybe and then then there was a premium channel which was showtime hbo cinemax so yeah i i yeah I, i'm i'm just nitpicking the last one, but i remember it was like 30 40 channels yeah. then 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 the next wave was the uh cinemax west and stars black when I mean, they was breaking the channels up into um multiple channels uh, something action so you just get more action sh- movies on that stars action or whatever for i don't know yeah because i went i was in and out the cable game to tell you the truth i'd have it then i wouldn't have it then i'd have it then i wouldn't have it mm. and that's why i was um I was eating them back then, but I was so big into videos in college and then DVDs later. Like I just always had a good collection of movies and series because I was always in and out of the television game. I wouldn't always have it. So I would always have those things to supplement. Yeah. And then at certain you get to a certain age, you want to um own some of those shows. Like you don't realize that you haven't watched it since it broadcast, you know, when we were into broadcasting. Yeah, time feeling and shit. Yeah, who's it? Whoever sat there was like, you know what? I haven't watched in a while. I'm glad I bought the box set, the Weird Science TV show. <laughs> I gotta run that one up. Cancel my plans tonight. Watch Weird All Science. Right. Oh, we're not talking about Weird Science. We're no, talking we're about a talking show about that matters. Atlanta. Atlanta, my land. One of one of the powerhouse uh, broadcast series on television today. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think if I think if you're listening to this pod. Avant-garde envelope push. I, I I do I do give us some depth that some of the listeners, for example, who never saw Snowfall, watch the show based on our episode. Recap. Yeah, appreciate that they go and take our suggestions. Yeah. And then some people don't even watch Better Call Saul, but enjoy Alaska destroying it every week. And he's been quiet the last couple weeks because uh, I have, you know the finale was off the fucking chain. Yeah, that's that why. terrible. I just watched it last insane. night. Oh, you're insane. It was horrible. You it was insane. No, no, now you're really, you're, you're really psychopath. The brain to dude, it was a dude sitting in the sewer right, watching don't... people across the street for like 45 minutes in the episode. Oh my God. Did you stop yourself. You, you waited six, five, five Listen, episodes, the, five there seasons, was... and seven episodes to have one moment of action that you're like, oh. And now you're like, it's off the charts. No, I said the finale. I said the finale was the set up and the way that everything went to fell into place. And the, come on, stop. I agree. Yeah, the stop. couple episodes before that were, were it was a slow. We are, we we are fans, so we are always. This is the nature of the show. We watch a little scheme, we figure it out later. So it comes out with yeah. You know what? Me and me and Zilla have more positive thoughts. We don't want to talk with you about stuff. We just that's, listen that's to the cool. one. I mean, it, it was it you're just poison to the well. You're, you're mud to the water. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the the point I was trying to make is we we do really well when we talk about fucking death jokes and you know Sean J. Period twelve inches on this show, but when we talk about the TV, uh, equally as fucking influential. I'd like to think. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know so. Yeah. Enter Atlanta, season three. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if we're necessarily at the forefront of this. I feel like this is 
in this. I people are talking about this for a while now. But right. uh, let, not, let, let's talk sense. about the season. Let, let's let's, let's give some thoughts on the season. Um, Z, why, well, why don't you set this yeah, kick it off. Um, my thoughts on the season. Uh, so I did a rewatch of Atlanta maybe like four months ago, and I was it was just on a whim. I was just like, oh, you know, I just I just love the show. You know, half hour episodes for the most part, and just you know waiting for it to come back on. So I, after I did the rewatch, I'm like, man, this really is so subversive and fantastic. And I remember talking to you guys about certain episodes or certain little things you catch on a rewatch. Um, and then also like thinking about where everybody is now since the show started with Lakeith, you know, and Brian Tyree and them, even, um, Zazie beats, you know, plays van. I mean, she was in Deadpool two and shit. So it was cool seeing them, you know, before, I mean, Donald Glover's huge, but before they were what they are now. Um, anyway, so watching the new season where I felt like they subverted their fame. Because now they all are huge. Like Brian Tyree is in Marvel. Lakeith has been in Get Out and, you know, Sorry to Bother You. And Donald Glover has been like the most quiet. I mean, I don't follow the Star Wars shit. I imagine he's pretty big with that. But um, I mean, you'd be surprised. Not really. Like, okay. it's more his music than anything that he could yeah, I mean, he, 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 he hasn't dropped any with, albums. With, it's been a couple with the singles. Star Wars, he plays his part. He's not too big. He's not too small. Okay. He's, he's That's young cool. Han Solo. He plays his part. Sim- not, not, not as Orlando. small as the Spider Man right. role, but very, um, yeah, Lando. He plays Lando. But yeah. it's really the one movie, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That, that's all there is. Yeah, there's no. Okay, so and then Zazie beats like like I said, she's she's popped up in Deadpool too and a couple other things. So right. I feel like they subverted their own fame, which was interesting because when we saw the trailers and it was all them with these out of context like European looks, you're like, oh, on this season it's going to be really weird and maybe like they're famous overseas and doing whatever. So this season I was a little miffed that we didn't get to hang out with these characters and actors that we've grown to love and really admire. Um, so I'm hoping they, if they could course correct anything, it would just be to get more on screen time with, you know, Paperboy and Darius and all them. Um, outside of that, it, it became like a launching pad for for i feel like donald glover and i think his brother writes and directs some of the episodes too just to tell their what they felt like stories they wanted to tell and it happened to be on the series of atlanta which is ballsy to do and i i think it was very disorienting and subversive at parts to be like huh i'm like as you're waiting like where the fuck's paper boy you know what i mean like where's fucking darius like who are these white people or like who are who's his family that has nothing to do with shit and so I think as the season went on, as you were being reprogrammed of what to understand and expect, I feel like if if I rewatch season three, maybe a year from now, I'll I'll already know what to what to think and to anticipate, and then just enjoy it as like really interesting, funny, weird stories versus like the Van episode, the Darius episode, the Urn episode, you know, like not so much them on their come up and struggle. So that was like my, I think a year or two from now, when you go back, it, you'll be like, Oh shit. Kind of having a, a language to, to, to comprehend it. Is that, that's well, what I'm trying to say. Piggybacking off of that, 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 that angle you're bringing up. Um, 
I thought it was it was genius and brilliant because yeah. you, you started off when you first were talking about it, you started off with the genius and then you veered into what you didn't like. But I thought the subversion was important because they were like a team with a lead, but mm. they were like, fuck that. We're gonna do what we want to do. And mm-hmm. and they started and they created this pastiche yep. of real-time episodes and these anthologies. And they were like, we're gonna do what we want to do, even right. though what was successful what drew you all in and what you want, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's everything. That's, that's where entertainers. Right. That's everything. Everybody wants you to recreate the last thing that they loved about you. Right. Yeah. And the, dare, the daring ones, the ones that are brave and courageous, they go in a different direction and give you another slice of their art to, to, for you to hang on. Okay. You like that. We're going to try this to see if you like this. We're not going to give you the same. And if you right. look at if and I think when you look at Atlanta as a whole, all three seasons, you'll notice they never gave us the same. They, there were um, episodes that were elements of these anthology episodes. It was right. just Darius and then were in them, but there were right. certain episodes like the Van School episode. Yep. He was the only one in it. You know what I'm saying? The BAN episode with all the commercials. Like There was evidence that they were going to try <laughs> something like this, but they went full bore, I think, this season. Well, you know what reminds yeah. me of as you're saying that? It, it put a light bulb on in my head. Season two of The Wire. Okay, right. That, when you that, put on season cool. two, you're like, where's Stringer? Where's Avon? Yeah. Where's McNulty? I want to see Omar more. There's a little yeah. bit of Omar, not enough. Like, Where's what's Bunk? going on? Right. Who are like, all these new people? Who's Ziggy? You know, who's fucking right. Frank Sabaka? Who cares about this guy? And also, I thought that Atlanta this season was retraining viewers how to watch serialized television. Because when we were coming up, I brought up, me and Zill was talking about other, I brought a family man. His episodes were about whatever. There was no conclusion. Right. There was no big arc. Now with yeah. binge television and Things like Breaking Bad and even Ozark, some of the present and past. There's these overarching things that have to be resolved and strings that have to be, loose ends that have to be tied up. Back in the day, we used to watch shows of just families just doing shit. There was no, <laughs> maybe there was a two-parter with a, with a yep. PSA at Someone's on drugs. They, they find yeah, someone on drugs. And they, and they, would, they would all sit there and talk with French articles or whatever. But nowadays, <laughs> we, we expect that. But shows there aren't many shows that are just about existence and you know, maybe Abbott, yeah. Abbott Elementary is doing that yeah, but I, I think there that. were shows that were successful with just stuff happening with no big conclusion or cliffhanger just a slice end. of life shit just slice of life shit big yeah. bang theory yep. yeah just just going this episode and, and I think but I think there's a challenge in that because we got reprogrammed with binge television to want these uh, uh, conclusions or cliffhangers or these big connecting dots and stuff like that yep um, I think it just ex- re-expanded our mind to how we used to watch television so we can now expand our mind yeah. in the present and how we should watch television. Well, it's all journey too, right? Like the the joy of all those shows that you talk about, like those big sort of like prestige TV shows mm-hmm. were the journey of it. Like the conclusion was always unsatisfying. Yeah, pretty right. much. So almost like, across the board, a lot of them, yes. yes. This I is agree. all about like just go for the journey and enjoy the journey. Yeah. Like you don't know where yeah. the shit's... Like even within an episode, you have no idea where the fucking episode's going. Like I think no. the series finale won't be some big thing where they bring back other characters. You know what I'm saying? No. Like right. some big, It might just be an episode. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And, and then it just goes off. Some of my and favorite we, moments in the season were just like little like bit pieces like in, in the finale where there's like a line where... The, the two girls that are like the sidekick of her friend. Oh, that they, they're great. Yeah, they were no, amazing. But yeah. one of them's like, she still got the bread. Yeah. And the other and, one's and like, then, I'm kind of fucking with it now. Yeah. I was like, that was the best shit to me. Bread. 
you're halfway through the episode, they start coming to grips with that. I'm fucking with it. Like, at first, she's, she's like, hey, ain't you supposed to be pissing on a motherfucker right now? Yeah, <laughs> she just all those there, right? little lines. Was, the, the writing was pristine because the research, <laughs> for one, um, the Sweet TNT, the Trini episode, I've talked to a lot of my friends that I'm West Indian, as everybody knows. There was a lot of are research you, are you that are you sure? Shut up. <laughs> and there was a lot of research that went into making that right, rather than just um, Malik Yoba with a fake ass accent on New York on the cover. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's that West Indian. That's what they used to give you a look, or maybe Shaba Ranks can feature, and then once he's gone, you know, call it a day. But um, I appreciated that. The deep the attention to detail this season was pretty intense, um, in a great in a great way. But um, I agree. Um, yeah. Did I, did I not talk about how I felt about the season? Or? You haven't. No, you didn't really talk about how you felt about it. Yeah. Okay, so um, I just want to give like a vague one. I don't want to get to you. I like what you did, Z. Okay. So pretty much same difference where there was this big low waiting on the season. So the anticipation is building. And there was no hints. You know, sometimes there's like Marvel set pieces, leaks and stuff. Where you get right. like pictures and stuff. And sometimes that. Mute to anticipation because you kind of know some things is going on. They really kept it tight. We didn't know what's going on. Um, right. And then also, what I really appreciated about the season when I brought it, when it started getting going, was the the unique backdrops. They were in Europe. They weren't home at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was always something different to me, just the set pieces and how things looked or whatever. Especially like um, the scene where she was pissing on dude and the Eiffel Tower was out the window. Like that was that was that was cinema verite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um. And so I really enjoyed this season. I thought this was brilliant. Um, I think I'm going to revisit this season. This is my favorite season. I think I will revisit these episodes a little more than other ones. Um, like I watch these multiple times. And the um, the themes of this season were in, were very bombastic in the sense that like right there in your face, you couldn't avoid them. And when 3D, this was the season of discomfort. This was the yeah. season of um, disorientation. And the best way, and this is the season of looking at yourself, um, white people in particular, um, yeah. and black people secondarily. Like they, you're going to look at yourself, and yeah. as uncomfortable as you might want to look away, you might want to cover your eyes. No, you're going to go through it, and you're going to experience it. And I think that's some of the race relations things that we have to deal with as people anyway. Some things are very uncomfortable. Some things that you have to deal with. You have to have these conversations. You have to bring these things up to yourself and your folks. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And it's going to be um, a lot of discomfort. And I think this season's bracing people to try to do that in their real life. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think this is my favorite season as well. Um, I think, like, they're masters at this now. Oh, yeah. Right? It's like they just, they know exactly what they're doing, what they want to do, how they want to get it across, and they yep. do it with ease. Like, you don't see any of the strings. You don't see any of the seams. It's just like... It's pure beauty. And like, just even like thinking back, like I totally forgot that the season started with the three slaps episode. Mm -hmm. I thought it started with the Sinterklaas episode. And then <laughs> like thinking back to that, like, you know, the three slaps episode just like was one of those that just leaves you chill on the floor right. and like fucks with you for the whole week. Right. You're thinking yep. about oh, that yeah. whole shit the whole week. But then they come back with the Sinterklaas episode and Again, some, you know, shit that like, you're like, wow, shit's fucked up. But you're also like back with, with your crew. Like you just realize yes. like how much you love hanging out with Darius. Yes. Like yep. in van, you know what I mean? Like just how much you love being around these people. Right. 
And that shit is just like, you know, then you get you get back to back episodes of that. Right. Because you have the shit with like the the one where they like go to like that spot in the middle of like it looks like you're going into like some fucking meth house and it's like a millionaire's house. Yeah. And yeah, it's just time. like it just well, every episode time. keeps snowballing. And it was just great. Like the whole way through. There I don't think there was a misstep in the whole season. No. Me neither. Let's yeah. um let's go through the episodes. That's and that's a good point. Um all right, so, so, so ask let me, about let me no with, about no missteps, no failures. Right. No, there is none. So, so the three slaps. Ready? So the three slaps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I Castro hit me after an episode aired. I didn't know this was based on a real story with the kid with the hat and the crazy fucking white chicks. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that was real. I thought it was like everything about it was like a weird moment. Even when he's like standing at the farmer's market and he decided said free hugs. Free hugs. It's like, oh, is that your dad? That's your dad. Free hugs. Let me read the synopsis. So three slaps, episode one. Wow, it's been a minute. I mean, I like this episode about the troubled kid, but we waited 50 years for this. Yes. And these synopsis that they were doing were were hilarious. Like this this one was great. And so this episode was about um, that real life incident with that young adopted boy and how his foster parents drove him and his other um, adopted siblings off a cliff, off a ravine in real life. And in this one, he was being bucked with his mom or something was happening. With the spaghetti, dude. Yeah, and she <laughs> sent them, she said, that's it. And she sent them to go up, like into this foster care situation and these white women scooped him up, these two lesbian women. Wait, on, on the episode or, or in real life? In, in the episode, in, in real life. In the episode, were, it's someone were, called, someone called Child Protective Services on her. Right, right. Yeah. But, but, but the foster parents scooped him up, these two yes, lesbians, yep, yep. you know. And um, hilarity ensues. They, they don't know how to season chicken. They kill the social worker. Hey, yo, wait, wait, wait. Not, wait, wait. They don't even cook chicken. That shit is frozen oh, from a bag. And then and the there was a point that where they were microwaving. This is the most disturbing point in the episode to me was they were microwaving for 12 minutes and then they course corrected and said, oh no, let's put it in there for eight minutes. I'm like, you're putting it in there for less? One drumstick. What's going on? For one drumstick. Another hilarious scene was the kids talking to each other but not saying a word, but it was like full paragraphs of just like eyes with their eyes. They were like, yeah, they're going to kill. And then the one kid was like, freedom, sweet freedom. Oh, my my goodness. Um, Anyway, uh, the kid reverses the uh, course and makes them kill themselves and drive themselves off and saves the rest of them. God. But um, but I think Z, that's the point. The way you encountered the episode by watching it, having a job and like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Where's the crew? And then realizing right. it was a real story. I think yeah. they right. wanted some people to 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 open up the book that way, to to watch it. That not again the season of disorientation again. When what what to tell the audience, uh, listeners, to me, this season was white privilege, the nightmare. Yes, in the sense that it was Go being on. presented to us in a nightmarish scenario, but mm-hmm. not really like a real life scenario, but the nightmares apply. Mm-hmm. And so if, as you watch the season, these things come about and some of them could be real, some of them could not, but it's always in these nightmare scenarios. But the life that people outside of the white privilege live is a nightmare in a lot of these instances. Oh, so it's God. just like, that's where the mirror is being reflected back. And that's where a lot of the genius of this, of this season is. But it's pretty much white privilege and nightmare. And so this episode, you're getting a taste of that. These foster parents thinking they, they can do, you know, anything this, that, and third and sacrifice their children. And they, something like that really happens 
it makes you take a step back because you're like, oh, shoot, this really happened. But wow. this seems so ridiculous that it fits a sitcom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you know what's crazy? I'm, I'm reading about the actual case. Yep. So there was six kids in the real yeah. GMC Yukon, mm-hmm. but one one of the kids still hasn't been found. Yeah, they can't the find the body of the one kid. Yep. Yeah. The they can't find them. But they they fell off a ravine. Bodies could have exploded. But they, they yeah, yeah, that's the another sad part is they can't find one of the kids. Oh, yeah. and, and and they were hitting the kids with the fucking NyQuil. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they gave the kids night. Oh my god. Oh yeah, my it's god. A nightmare. Um, one, one of the other themes I think was also in in the world that like the the nightmare of white privilege was the sort of perceived goodness that white saviors see themselves as having. That, yes. Yes. You know, like I thought yes. like um in the episode at the you know with the the old man in the tree. Um, there was like the moment where the woman kind of like just accidentally said something that was perceived by a white savior to be racist. Yep. What, what, and like he socks. basically socks. socks went over the girl. Socks, yeah. Like when socks was like, I can't believe he, she said that oh, to you. Oh, in the second episode or yeah. whatever episode. Or the third episode, episode. Yeah. yes. Third. Oh my God. But you know, and then you just sort of see like them sort adding of adding on adding on, creating this world where they have to be the savior, they have to be the good entity in the universe right. and just making things worse for everybody. And I think yeah, like, you kind of have worse. elements of that with that that couple as well. Like they have, their, they're at the farmer's market. They're like out saving the world, right? Yes, yes. And they're feeding, they're feeding the like, kids like string beans and, and asparagus. And they yeah. feel like, oh, but this is but, better but, for you than what you're used to eating. Right, they're trying, yeah. they, but they're acting like they're do-gooders. For like, yeah, right. the, the blind arrogance of it. Yes, and, and what and they it, think and, is and best, is even killing right. the children. Yeah, so even kill. Bad. Yeah, remember they were, they were like, "There's no other way." Mm-hmm. They're holding hands and shit, and it's like this is what what irks me so much about. And today was the the two year anniversary of the passing of George Floyd or the George Floyd incident, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And what and we talked about on the show. We, we talk about it with each other all the time. But what the the thing I don't like that has come out of that situation is. Every, like this season really deals with that shit like the post george floyd world where mm-hmm. white people feel like we saw in that episode also with with the guy in the house in the tree like they have to jump up and act right and what i don't like is the presumption that the minority in the situation is incapable of taking care of their own business and their own lives yep. so it's like no, no no like we'll do it for you or even in this like we'll we'll, we'll show you kids and my kids kept being like i'm hungry my, my stomach yep. is empty but yeah but yep. this is better than they said like you're used to all that oil and grease and fat in your chicken yeah it's like you're incapable so we because we'll we're so in. progressive and lefty and savior yep. swooping in we know how to do it better than you and your family and your ancestors and your whole fucking thing. And so like, that's when you, you, Castro, you said this very early in the season, you're like, this is the nightmare of white privilege. Yeah. And it, it, be, it, it was, it was a prophecy that fulfilled itself as the season went on. But when we got into the, the second episode with the fucking, the black face, what country okay, is it? Let me read this. Yeah, this synapsis is great. Uh-uh. Okay. Santa Claus is coming to town. 
I think everybody knows blackface ain't cool anymore. We get it. They try, they they be trying too hard to go viral. So there's there's there's, there's tradition about their Santa Claus is a black guy with black feet. His name yeah. is yeah. And he climbed like, down the chimney and he's covered in soot. And so they represent that annually by covering themselves in blackface. It's changed recently. Right. <laughs> but um, Darius and them didn't know that. And so they're randomly <laughs> bumping into people in the blackface. And then as the episode goes, they're seeing more and more to the point right. where at the end, the, the whole crowd is covered in blackface. And Darius is like, ah. I mean, and Al's like, ah, we're not doing Fuck this. That. We're out. No. And, he, and he so, okay. So let, let, let me get both of your opinions on the promoter that beat the shit out of a beat white dude in blackface, yeah. pretend that he was earned. Deflecting. On purpose. <laughs> yeah, deflection. Yeah, on purpose. He's like, why would you do this to me? Aaron, he was Adam on the floor. But that was very symbolic of what some white people probably do. Remember the Liam Neeson incident when he wanted to beat um, a black person by proxy to, to represent the, bl- the black person that hurt his friend or whatever like that. Well, they um, even, they touch into that later. So it's like, this is, this is, this is genius, but that, but that incident with the, with the white promoter beating up the blackface kid is yeah. what Liam Neeson wanted to do. And, and um, again, but it's deflection, but um, see, it's like, which is, it, but again, it's, it's the discomfort of confronting Ern and dealing with it and speaking to him mano a mano about how he felt. He's yeah. going to go beat up some random guy and, and deal with it that way. I remember it's when Ern kept being like, unresolved. you'll make your money back. It's all covered under insurance because we're out sick. But the guy was, he thought he was being humiliated. He gave him the 20 grand on the slide. He's right. ripping and running around. This, you know what it was? I mean, we're inflecting story and film, but like this is probably one of his big shows, his big promoter chance. Yep. And there's no act, no performer at all. Yeah, there's a, nothing, there's yeah. a crowd full of blackface, Santa Claus, black peeps. <laughs> How amazing <laughs> was the, the prison scene at the beginning of that? Dude, when the guy's like, because oh, he had to get the twenty grand to get prison. out of prison. No, he, he didn't like need the twenty grand to get out of prison. He didn't need the twenty grand to get out of prison. I thought he needed right. to bail him out. He he. First of all, jail was so comfortable. That was the other part. He was he taking the twenty grand to throw at the fans uh, yeah. when he got outside. Right. Yes, he asked for forty. He asked for forty. Twenty right, was yeah. to get him out. Twenty was to throw in the sky. <laughs> but yeah, some of the money was to throw in the sky. The fans waiting outside, and he was like, "I'm going to take a nap." Wake me up with uh, I, I remember the guards like, oh, okay, like, well, like, you tell me when he's like, oh, how about an hour? He's like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, sure, no he's problem. He's making a, a meal order and all that. That shit was yeah. funny and crazy. Yeah. So, like, again, but that that's true. Those jails are a little more lax. Whole different world. Yeah. They, they yeah. accommodate the prisoners in a certain way and get them in and out. It's hilarious. Whole yeah. different world, Alaska. Like you said, I haven't been, but I can't wait. Oh. Yeah. Can't um, wait. There was. I just one more thing I want to touch on. I think it was that episode. That was the one where um, Van and Darius go off on their own mission, right? Yeah, the, the two. And they, they sort of fall into that like cult, following the cult yeah, around. So they, they, so, so they think they're going to, and what I thought a was photo um, shoot. like a snow yeah. suicide. Once they realized what it was, it seemed like it was a suicide assistance and some Kevorkian type where there'd be some yeah. fluids injected into the curse right. and or he was close to death. Because even when she inferred, he could hear you. We're thinking he's really sick and he's going to go any minute or whatever like that. Yeah. And that wasn't the case as to how he eventually went, which was very surprising with the suffocation. Oh yeah. my god! And but, the, that sound the, went off the all of a sudden. Yeah, the, like, it was like what? Stone? And the, and oh the, um, the the camera went back to a wider angle, and then you started seeing the the full the full bed with the contraption attached to it. Yeah, and you're like, what the hell is going on? He got. I was like stuck. 
I was really the, stuck. That stuck. The wildest shit to me in that whole thing was when they started having a uh, Tupac Hail Mary playing. Yeah, Hail Mary. <laughs> like, and, like, and then they hit the chime. And they hit the chime. Oh, now, God. I think it was a soundtrack, but the chime was lining up with the songs in Hail Mary. But that still was like to any hip hop fan, which they're like, you can't was believe amazing. what it is. Oh, oh, don't forget that the guy resembled Tupac. Yeah, that was yeah with, with the nose ring too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, was, that, was that, that had me on the floor. I was just like, um, I can't I believe was definitely, it. it was, I was definitely, that was a big moment of hilarity. Yeah, that, that was wild. And All right, the next episode is Drake. The Old Man This, this was one of my favorites. I yeah. think this, I one this one was cool. This one was cool. Going to rich parties and Nando. eating weirdos. Season one was better. Yeah, no. But now this description shows the self uh, the self-deprecation they're doing and the self-awareness they're doing with these descriptions about they saying this one was cool. Going to rich parties and meeting weirdos. Season one was better. So they're does, they're, 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 they're already like dissing their season. It's hilarious that they're doing that in descriptions for episodes. So yes. this one, they go to this rich person's house, and at first, um, Alaska alluded to it in the beginning. It was a fake house front. It looked like a plat, like just yep. kind of dilapidated. They went inside and like for three floors, it just looked like you know old staircases and like uh, shag carpeting or what, and wallpaper and stuff. And then it was like a fake house in the front. They walked through it. Everything was all high tech. And there's like a fast food place in there and a tree in the middle of the place and stuff like that. And so they're bumping around meeting different people. Oh, and God. this is, um, oh man, this was the good part about it was the two things going on. There was that one artist bleeding money out of him, and it was not yeah. just not just Al getting robbed. What was the other part? Because that was another part I was talking to you uh, about. There a lot was of um, there was the, the thing with Darius. The other racial. And, yes, because yeah. she said something yeah. like, "Oh, like she said something like black men." Yeah, that's the thing with socks. And then there was another thing. There was a thing with socks. There was a guy taking the money. There was a, and Al, and there was a, and, a, and maybe there another was a, thing. And then Al was it was another racial. Oh, he's right. talking about the ghosts in the house in the picture yeah. or whatever. And he says something. No, not that specifically. No. I, I, oh, I'm that was to... fucking hilarious. He's talking about the ghosts pissing all over about... the ghosts having sex with him. <laughs> playing the cards. No, there was something. There was something. I, I wanted to make this point. And I, I, I didn't want to lose it by us talking about it early in the week. There was something about the realization of the black kid siphoning money from the white guy that wants yes. to pay for culture. And it, yes. There's a price to be paid. The same way the rich guy was so disoriented about having to pay off Al from losing yes. the game. Right. Like yeah. the reality set in and these there's the prices to pay. And it's like you can't flub it and you know kind of wing it or whatever. If you do, you're gonna get siphoned like that white guy that was trying to buy the culture. That that's what it was. Yeah. Right. The coach the per buying the culture, hanging out with Al, the consequences are yep. yeah, you gotta pay him when you when you play cards and you lose. Like you can't just be like dabbling in the culture just to be like Hanging yeah. out in the same same way with the guy that was promoting the skater. You don't know what you want. You don't oh, know what you're doing. That, wasn't this the episode what? when Van pushed the fucking guy in the pool? Yes. 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 And this is when I said to you, Castro, I was like, she's a shitty mom. So we, this is when we first started seeing evidence of something going on with Van this season. Yeah. Because she okay. had no, because that's when he sat down with her. He's like, Do you, does your mother know where you are? And she's like, does your mother know where you are? What the fuck are you right. asking me this for? And right. so at the time when it aired, I said to you, she's fucked up. I said, because she's never mentioning anything. And I said to you, I was like, when you have a really, really young child and like, you know, season one, when it's a mess with her and Ern, and he's, he doesn't have a job, he's got like $2 in his account and she's right. teaching and the parents, but they're hooking up with other people, but they're hooking up with each other. Like now that Lottie seemingly 
six, seven, eight years old potentially. I don't know what the time jump is, but you right. know, Paperboy's taken off, so like they don't have their money's good. She doesn't have a job, and she's just doing whatever the fuck she wants without a care in the I world. That's where, and and I thought it was just because when she counted with what is Earn doing, Earn's running out there, you know, towing his oats, and she had just lost that job interview in the beginning of the season. They had mentioned right. that she didn't get it. Yeah. So they so, so like I so said, she was just was like, just, yeah. but she had. You know, she was just like on her own little place doing whatever. Remember, I said to you, I'm like, they're there to work, like they're right. there for a That's run, and then they're gonna go home. She's just yeah. there, right? Just not doing shit. You know what I mean? Which is cool, but at, when you have a kid, like you can't just be gone for like two, three months doing nothing, like yeah. right? Unless someone's home, you know, like she doesn't have a reason to be be without Lottie, which you know. Right rears its head at the end but anyway right that was the yeah. first episode where i was like dude she's fucked up like she's something's wrong with her and uh, being a mom now the next episode let's do that and then take a break because the next well, episode real, real quick i just want to yeah. tie something into it because i i think it, it plays into what happens with the next episode yeah. right because because part of the thing is like when Ern realizes like the sort of long lineage of history that this guy had with exploiting black culture yes mm. yes um was he was like he's like yeah let's fucking stuff. run this dude for his loot right, right. yeah um so i think in a lot of ways like there there's an overcompensation on the guy trying to like basically like buy off people yes for like the sins of the past right yeah and then the next episode is actually like legitimately addressing that full paying back for the sins of the past yeah the next have great point Great point. Unless the next episode is the first of the anthology episodes, the one-offs that mm-hmm. throw the episode, the audience for a loop. Like, what is going on? One, there's no main cast or not in these episodes. No. Nope. And two, m- mainly these have to deal with white people and the nightmare of white privilege. Like I stated before, first one is the big payback. I was legit scared watching this. Yes. And what ends up happening <laughs> is reparations through a lawsuit. Whereas it's uh it's um beautiful but ugly head, and white people are being sued for money owed through their history of their their ancestors owning slaves, right? And it's and it's and we're we're seeing it through the eyes of one regular guy, whose life is being taken over by this black woman and her family. Oh my god! Um, by showing up at his crib, camping <laughs> out, going coming to his job, making mm-hmm. his life miserable. And he's just overwhelmed, and he is definitely a fish out of water. He doesn't know up from down, and we're watching him spiral downwards to the point where his wife, the one of the funny parts, was like, she doesn't want to have anything to do with him because it affects her finances. And he's like, and she's like, he's, he's she's like, I'm Persian. He's like, you were white. She said, I'm Peruvian. I'm Peruvian. <laughs> he's like, he's like you were white last week. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was we're picking sides. And it was very hilarious. Then the picking sides to me part was the funniest part, but the most realistic. How yeah. people were picking sides when it came oh. to him, and they, and they want to have nothing to do with him. What's you up? know, what I just realized the dude who was the main guy, he was the fucking the 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 groom and Hangover. I didn't watch Hangover. The one that they're remember they find him on on the top of the fucking hotel. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's him. That's the groom. Word. Now, all right. So let me ask y'all too. Since y'all are of the lighter persuasion of the podcast. So this episode comes on. How disoriented were you? And did you, were you actively asking out loud, what's, what's going on here? What's, what's going on? Just by 
the main cast not being around and, and them slapping us with a totally different style? Um, I wasn't because they, they did it in the first episode. True. Yeah. Um, I was more just like sort of watching the whole thing unfold and, you know, sort of like thrilled by watching it, but also like, like the description said, like, oh my God, like <laughs> that shit seems awful. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I wasn't really thrown for it. Like as far as that, it was more like, it was just a really sort of like strong satire, I think. And I remember getting through it and being like, they really like nailed the point there in a way that like a lot of sort of more heavy handed approaches never did. True. I, I kept waiting for someone from the show, like to pop in somewhere for it to be tied to like, you know, hearing Paperboy on the radio or some shit. And maybe like 10 minutes in, I'm like, oh, this is like, this is its own world. This is not going to be. Darius, you know, swings in with something weird off the wall to say. Um, I thought it was, like, it was, again, like a, a a nightmare, where it's like, okay, if you guys are about that shit, are you willing to pay for it? You see what I'm saying? Like, do you really want to be a part of the cause of the solution? What if someone's fucking garnishing your wages and taking your fucking house? Like, word? You really about that shit? So it was <laughs> the ending where it was just, you just see, I don't know how long into the future it shows when he's just working some, you know, dumbass catering job where he's just like, you know, give her 15% of my check, whatever yours. Mm-hmm. And everyone just kind of had peace with it. Like, oh, from now on, just like 15% of my income goes into shit. All right. You know what I mean? Like, let's have a good shift. Here's today's specials. The trout, you know, with, with the with the sesame you know, seeds and all this. Like, it was just, it was like a nightmare where, but afterwards, it's like, okay, like, this is just my life now. Like, I just lose all my shit, but whatever. Well, there was an inevitability to it. <clears throat> he was running from it the whole episode. Right, right, yeah. And try to find a way out of it, and um, there was no way out of it. It reminded me of like a Japanese horror movie where there's no resolution. Like you don't, the angels don't swoop in and kill the demons. You went into the house and you shouldn't have, and it's gonna kill you. And so that's what what, what his you know uh, conclusion was. You're gonna have to pay. I, I thought one of the things that was really interesting. So there's there's the part where the dude blows his head off, right? Right. Yeah. And he's talking about it and he's like, you know, this is the penance so your children don't have this hanging over their head anymore. Right. 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 And it made me think of this um, conversation I saw with Cornell West and John McWhorter uh, about reparation. So, you know, Cornell West is a sort of, I don't know if he's socialist or not. Um, but he, you know, he's more like definitely like progressive left. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Academic uh, from, I think he was a Cornell, actually Cornell University as well, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, and John McWhorter is a sort of like more from Columbia? Like from Columbia, centrist right? linguistics professor from Columbia. Yeah. Correct. So he's brilliant. Um, they were having a big conversation on reparations and it was like, you know, they came to this point where 
you know, they sort of had different views on how it should be done. Hmm. But the, the end of the conversations was like, it's about making everything whole again. Right. 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 Yeah. It's, it's not about like assigning blame or, or like, you know, trying to, to punish somebody. It's about making everything whole mm-hmm. so that we could start addressing the sins of the past and move past that as a, as a society. And I right. think that that's really like where that episode ended. And, and I actually thought like, you know, it seemed like it was, I don't imagine that it would actually play out like this in real life if it was done the way it was in the episode, because you see how people react to the slightest thing now. Um, but I think it would sort of like, yeah, like to me, like that was like showing of like, we're moving towards a wholeness as a nation, as opposed right. I mean, to when you a, have a caste system as a nation that's been there for when you have a, a, when you have a general consensus, then things apply. We yeah. got used to. Um, I was talking to somebody today about what they need to do about this um, gun situation, and I and we were, we got. Um, I was talking to my girl actually, and we got to the point where it's like after nine eleven, those rules changed the next day. The next mm-hmm. day, you couldn't bring liquid on the planet. The next day, they were checking yeah. your, your move. So if you really want to, and it's universal consensus, we all believe what the dollar stands for. It stands for a dollar yeah. four quarters. We didn't believe it, it wouldn't work. But the way you can apply things universally, and that, that's also our issue. Like sometimes universality is not American. I want to do what I want to do. You can't tell me what to do. Even if I'm, even if I'm one out of 100, I can do what I want to do. Right. But... If, but but with, with to, to what Alaska's point is, once everybody settled and got used to it at the end of the episode, it became a normality, take 15%. And, yeah. and it was, you know, there was no blowback. There was no conversations in parking lots and, and, and terminated scenes where the son was chasing his car and stuff like that. It just becomes yeah. a normality. But, but, you know, like I said, after 9-11, it became normal for the TSA to be all up in our asshole. If, yeah. if anybody remembers, anybody flew in the 80s, my mother could walk me right up to the gate. You were allowed to travel with a gun. Yeah. You used to be allowed to drive gun. to the plane. That's crazy. You used to be able to smoke in a plane yeah. in the yeah. air. You used, you used to be able to, be able to buy to get... a ticket on the plane. You used to be able to buy, you used to get, you used to 20 minutes for that plane. You could just pull up and hot. Now it's two hours. Or you could yeah. miss your flight and catch the next one. Right. Yeah. No problem. No problems. No, and and that was my my whole thing was just like you know even during COVID with masks and all that I would always be like, well why the fuck do you take your belt and shoes off at the fucking airport if it's all about your personal liberty? Yeah, well Shut the fuck because up. it's the it's the false arguments that we have right right like like what with this shooting that happened yesterday right like we're seeing everything everybody was saying yesterday we're just gonna fall into the same bullshit we fall into right yeah. today we're there right because these things are so horrific. It's easier for us to yell at each other than actually wrap our minds around what's happening. Man, I, I've heard the, the two words mental health a thousand times today. Yeah. That's all they, Republicans, right. all they want to talk sure. about it. And, and you know what? They're right, just as Democrats are right about there being an issue with guns. Yep. Right? They're both things. Like, you don't walk right. up into that spot and shoot up 18 children if you don't have mental health issues. But, 100%. But if you go into sessions, 
you might skip session eight to go shoot up a place. I'm not saying that's oh, not. Oh, sure. No, I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. both of these, both of these reasons are legit, but we have to, yeah. we can't actually address it because of, uh, once we do, we start looking at the horrors of what, what our world yeah. creates. Yeah. And, and yeah. the culpability that we have in all of these things by not acting for years. Culpability years. is another theme this year. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And, and I think that episode was very big on that. Like, you know, we sort of, we don't want to have these conversations. So we have conversations about other things. Yep. Definitely distracting tactics. Yeah. Yep. All right. <clears throat> let's go. Let's, let's go. Let's hit a break. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and we'll be back. Yeah. Oh, culture. Atlanta rap. Germicide and the expert present their new psychedelic hip hop album, The Overview Effect. Think Marvin Gaye meets Edan. If you like tripped out sounds, sinister strings, fuzz guitars, and heavy drums with social content, then this album is for you. Featuring the new singles For the Money, Black Tears, and A Little Love. Guest appearances on the album come from Steak Figure, Fair Ale, and Tanya Morgan. Available on vinyl and all digital platforms with a special Bandcamp exclusive vinyl that comes with liner notes, a custom art print, plus the album instrumentals. Visit theexpert.bandcamp.com now. All right, let, let, let's start back, ripping back, these. Back, back, back. back. All right. uh, where episode are we on? We are on to five. episode five, Cancer Attack. Oh. Cancer Attack. Sometimes shows just be over my head, active, fake, deep. Where's the poop joke? <laughs> exactly. Where's the poop joke, Castro? So this episode was about um, uh, Al loses his phone. And yeah. we come to find out. It's pretty important. And it was relatable to us being MCs because he had just started writing a song mm. and the first line was it. Sorry, I hit, I hit the wrong button. My apologies, guys. No problem. And so what ended up happening is uh, Al lost his phone this episode and there was some relatability from us being MCs. It's Al started writing a song and one line was in the phone and he didn't remember the song and he needed the phone to, to catch up and keep writing the song and catch the rhythm. And we all can relate to that. Like something we start and we have to find it, and sometimes you'll write something, you'll lose a rhythm, and there's a lot of things that go home with that. So it was very relatable. The whole episode is like a whirlwind. They bring back this nephew worker, they question him, it's all weird and stuff, but pretty much um, it concluded with their uh, road manager at that point in the show, um, the cat named Sox, who was with them for a couple episodes. Yeah. He stole the phone for no damn reason. And I explained this to Zilla. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you know this one, Alaska. Pretty much it was evidence of, I know white folks like that. Oh, All yeah. Chaos because there was none and just because they could. And because yep. their privilege allows nobody to look in their direction, yep. to ask them, did they do it? Why they did it? Who they did it with? Or when they going to do it again? And there was no rhyme or reason and explanation. And at the end of the episode, you see Sox pull the phone out of his pocket and just toss it in the garbage because he yep. just wants to create chaos. Yep. Just, just a harbinger, and I know a lot of cats like that, and they, and a lot of that is fueled by the privilege, the nightmare, well, the privilege in the way it's being shown in this yeah. in this series. Mm-hmm. And nightmare angle of it. But Sox that, is the one that caused the chaos in in um, yes. the old man in the tree yep. episode too. Yep, I heard you say all elevate. lives matter. Yeah, <laughs> yep, elevating with shit. the girl and, and taking yeah. it up notches and notches and notches, and yeah, so he was just a troublemaker. The because center. there was no trouble. There was no trouble. You know why? Because yeah. he had a fucked up ass hairline. He did. And also, we had also said that he didn't feel totally included. If you watch 
things. Mm. They were kind of like keeping them kind of arm's distance. Yep. Laughing at him a bit. They he didn't want they didn't want to go back to the club with them because they must have took them somewhere and they didn't have that good a time. And then when he yeah, he took them to the strip they club, like, they were nah. making fun of the strip clubs and shit. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of that going on. So um not that he deserved, but again, that that chaotic element. You know what it reminded me of? Like um uh it's the Mixoplit with Superman. Yeah. Or um what was the character in the Flintstones, the only friend in Barney Kazoo? Yeah. So these people would claiming these these agents of chaos, these um almost demon spirits, not demons, um uh, uh mischievous spirits like Loki, gods of mischief. They come in. Um, if anybody's familiar with Star Trek, there's a character named Q that just pops in and just makes Picard's life hell, just because he can. He can. He has. He's all powerful. He just wants to see humans dance like like marionettes and see them react to certain situations. And that's what these things, these chaos agents do. There's no reason. They just, when they want to play, they decide to have fun. And it's, and it's, and it's sad and it's a shame to see that Sox turned out to be like that. Because you, you, at first you had no idea. The show doesn't show. It doesn't really give you any hints. If you go back and watch it again, there's really no, like, um, Easter eggs or anything to, to allude to it. But when you see that he does it, to me, it fit right in place and made a lot of sense. Oh yeah, the thing I pointed out to Castro was after doing a rewatch, dude from season two, Tracy with the fucking waves, who was stealing yeah. the shoes yep. and beat the shit out of Urn on the side of the road. Yep. That sock shit ain't going down of Tracy's you, you need Tracy for that situation. That going down this season would not have gone down if Tracy was dead. His awareness like, of he was how a he mess. Been. Like he fucked right. up that college show. Yeah. But when you're but overseas, he would have kept all that shit in straight. Yep. Yeah, exactly. like he he would he would have fell in line at the more reps he got with like them doing shows and yes. getting money. Yes. But yes. not having him let them be exploited by fucking socks. No. All right. Um, Anything else on this episode? No, just a couple quick things in this episode for me, anyway. That I, I thought the kid that played Wiley was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like Wiley. just like his whole thing was. His existentialism of uh, him being there and not being there, like he was present, but he was also a loser yeah. at the same time. But like yeah. his performance was fucking wild. Yes. Like the song he sang was like beautiful. He's like out um, of nowhere too. He's like, what is yeah. going on? Yeah. Um, and then it had two of my favorite lines in the whole season. Because you know, Darius wanted to find the ghosts, right? Yep. Yeah. So there he's also the one that told Al not to back up his phone. Because the NSA right, was watching right. or something. <laughs> so Al calls him Conspiracy theory. Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then they like go to play good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no they're way. like, you're good cop, yeah. bad cop. And Darius, Darius is like, devastating cop. Other thing about this season that was a little disheartening is Darius didn't get to do any adventure this season. Yeah. We had the Dudley, we had the, the Teddy Perkins last season. And then season one, we had the Samurai Sword thing with the yeah. dogs and stuff. So, so that's one thing that we didn't get fulfilled was Darius usually goes on one adventure. Because I don't count the Santa Claus one as an adventure. I feel like Van was kind of leading that yes. way with shit. But yeah. um, yes, I'm with you on that, Alaska. Uh, that that was just, top. I loved it. That was it, perfect. it. Like, warmed my heart. That was perfect. <laughs> perfect. Sorry. All right. So, all right, next episode. This was, Jesus, every yes. episode's so good. Like, I just want to be like, this and is my it, favorite episode. White fashion, which yeah. I first missed out on what oh. was going on but i caught up with a little later and it's um i've Such definitely seen fight? this before on a better show they've always stealing ideas but the fashion industry got to be exposed hashtag streetwear 
And what they did was this fashion company created this jacket and it said Central Park on it and it had five. The, the, the company is called that? Central Park, right? Right. And then it was, yeah. it was a fifth anniversary. Celebrating their fifth anniversary. And it was Central Park Five, which alludes to the Central Park um, exonerated, what I call them, because they, they were yeah. exonerated. And the five young men that were um, railroaded, wilding, conspiracy. And um, and um, Alaska, let me ask you about that. You were a little older yeah. than me. Yeah. When you saw that, I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I read it. I saw it on the paper. And I was like, what is that? And I, and I remember what is that in the sense that I don't know that slang. None of my friends ever said that. I remember no, yeah, no, I never heard nobody that. had ever said that term. The term was wilding. And it was plastered on the front of the new, uh, all the, actually, all the newspapers. This, yeah. this incident of these black, of young black, black and brown boys, maybe a little couple of white kids roaming the streets late at night, especially around parks, and take it, um, accosting and, and um, uh, beating up citizens randomly. And they were creating this term wilding, which was totally created by the media and the news. Yeah, the media. It was it was a very horrible time in New York, and I remember looking at it and going through my database and realizing I don't know that slang. I've never heard that slang, and I was a city kid, and yeah. I was like, "This seems manufactured because I've never heard any of my friends say this. Any of my older kids on the block say it. This doesn't seem real. I don't know what they're talking about. What did yeah. you think about that that incident when it came about? I mean, when the incident came about, like, you know the what I really learned about it was like when the kids admitted to it. Okay. So I was like, Oh, it's fucked up. Like it's fucked up. Those kids did that because right. I didn't, you know, I was young. Like, so I didn't know anything about police getting false confessions. Yeah, you didn't know cops. Kids yeah. The, yep, I didn't know any of that. that. So there was no way to know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, Oh, that's fucked up. Um, but you know, obviously as you get older and you just learn more and more about it, you're like, Oh, that's actually really fucked up. Cause yeah. it's like this, this, the state, Basically, I remember when I realized that the kids were talking to the cops without their parents present. Yeah, and I was young, and I was like, "That's wrong." Even though, as much as, as minuscule as I know about the law, I was like, "Something's yeah. wrong there." I don't know if that's right. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that incident inspired this episode where this company put out this clothing line, calling it the Central Park Five. It was very racially insensitive, and what they did was they hire a lot of black and brown influencers to apologize for them, to show unity with the, with the black community. Um, much like we see these days when certain things happen, there's a black square that all these companies put up. Zilla, can you talk about your opinions about when um, companies jump into racial politics? Um, um, I think like it's Adidas fucking or hilarious. Fucking, um, uh, black and Decker or whatever. Like, what, yeah, what just, it's like, like Doritos stands for equality. And it's like, <laughs> I just want to eat some fucking chips, bro. I, I don't give a fuck. Like, I just want the cool ranch. I don't need to know. Like, you have, you have like a pride symbol and then you have like a black fist. Like, it, and they put it, out these, these, these want these um generic statements. Yeah, it just gets, it just gets like some fun. like horror, horror co op nonsense where it's like, like, remember like that, that one Pepsi commercial, they fucking yanked it. Where like Kendall Jenner, it was like there was like a protest. She and stopped she, like, the riot. Yeah, like she's dra- drinking Pepsi. It's just like that shit's been happening since the beginning of time. But on one hand, it's like there are people that work at these companies that are like kind of sitting there waiting, being like, "Yo, what the fuck is my CEO going to say right. about these things?" And I worked at companies where I, I'm, our CEOs responded. I get it. I didn't work for you know like Starbucks or something, but um, I just think it's disheartening and stupid because it's like <laughs> it's just you're just doing this shit because it's disingenuous 
It's very yeah, different. you're just doing this shit because this is the wave to the people that buy your shit, and you feel like you're gonna lose them if you don't stick a flag in in the sand on the moon for this shit. Like you don't really give a fuck. Like you're not doing anything about it. So, no, you know, I mean, it's just. Like, do I need to know Carl's Jr. stands in fucking solidarity right. with the, you know what I mean? Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> with the Vietnam refugees. So the, the genius about this episode was, um, and we all saw it. Um, so so fucking Al does a commercial and the, and the theme is invest in your hood. And he really wants to put money back in the hood. <laughs> Al is like, he's unaware that these these um, organizations take this money and they use we all this money come for, from their a own, hood. <laughs> for the hood. For their own for their own um for their own efforts and they reroute money and stuff like that he was yeah. very unaware he thought you, you you create a cause and they really put money into it and he was taken aback when he realized he did his commercial invest in your hood and they immediately started co-opting it and they made it like this worldly oh, black and white benetton. commercial benetton, and they yes, made it, it benetton was. and it was very meta and these two cowboys was kissing and Oh um, it was all these different mix match couples, and it was like invest in you, and it was like everybody has a hood. It was something like that, like everybody yeah. has a hood or something like that. Yeah, everybody has a. Hood. Everyone has a hood. And <laughs> but the, the irony of the timing of this season is also very pertinent. We'll talk about that in a couple more episodes as we yeah. break through this. Reinvest because we're also going through the time right now where where um, certain Black Lives Matter chapter leaders. Mm-hmm. Are being at called the task about money that they've um, generated through donations and what have you, and how they've invested in themselves and enriched the themselves, and now that they're millionaires, right. not they're not all of them, but some of them took that money and started donating it to themselves and their family members. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what you know? And it's the eternal question when there's a, a social issue or when a disaster happens, people ask, where does this money go? Even when Red Cross right. is involved a lot. I remember there's a big Red Cross conspiracy about where is this money? Where's right, my money actually exactly, going? Yeah. And people spend a lot of time researching these organizations to find out the route mm-hmm. of these donations to make sure it's secure or not, or right. it's just throwing money into a void. And yes. so this episode addressed some of that and where this money goes and what these organizations do. Just about man Khalil. Khalil's the one. There's one guy. He was like, they were like, you even black? Like that one guy. Yeah, he, was, he was the Sean King standing, right? Yes, definitely. He, sure. Yes, Talcum X. Shouts to Sean yeah. King. Talcum X. Yeah. Talcum X. Hilarious. Yeah. They, Talcum the, X. I also like, I said to Castro, remember when Khalil says to Alfred, he's like, they're they're not going to put, they're not going to help tear their own company but they're apart. Not, they're not going to, they're not going to fund their own downfall. Right. Yeah. And I said to Castro, I said, you know, it's funny. I just saw an ad today of like Levi's being like, in the world right now, there's fucking 77 tons of clothes that go into waste every year. And if you get Levi's, it's like recyclable. I was like, they they don't want you to buy less fucking Levi's, bro. Like, no. why why would they want but you to buy one pair of fucking They just don't want Levi's. you to buy Old Navy. That's what, right. that's what and, all but here's that the shit funny is. Part. Like... Here's the funny part. I bought a pair of Levi's maybe like three, four years ago. And yeah. I'm about to have to take them in for a second time. To get the shit restitched because they're falling yeah. the fuck apart. Yeah, so fuck them. They're they're basically old navy except add on forty dollars because it's Levi's. Yeah. But Levi Levi stands with the refugees. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's they, it's they stand for workers' and... rights in Guatemala, Castro, whatever the fuck. It well, is. my wife and I talk about this shit all the time because it's like, <laughs> you know, like you got kids in school, um, where we work. It's all, like they're always like the the principal or like the you know the 
the CEO, whatever, is always writing a letter to the employees. Like you were talking about that earlier. And it's always like, nobody asked you to write that, first of all. Mm -hmm. But why don't you just write me a letter when you don't agree with the good shit? Like when you're like, you know what? Cops should be killing people. Maybe if you guys yeah, resist an arrest, you wouldn't get shot. Okay. Yeah. You know. Send me those letters. Cause I'm going to assume like I'm, I'm working here. Like I'm going to assume good intention or like, you know, I'm sending my kid to the school. I'm going to assume that you have similar. When it's, when it's not done on schedule and it's done yeah. when it's done in a theatrical way. It's being, yeah. Again, disingenuity. It, it, ha- it can't be disingenuous. We're not going to, no. we're not going to go it, for that. Who are these like who are these ads for as well, right? Right. Like right. Nobody's asking Dory, like who are the people that are like, I need to hear from Doritos? It, it's false. It's people <laughs> that put place place power in the false idols. We yes. ask entertainers, we ask actors what their political bend is. Yeah. We had a problem with Michael Jordan not not taking a side, but that mm-hmm. was a little more racial, and it seemed like everybody had to have an opinion on that, just yeah. like you know, today. Um, but at, again, it's like you're looking in the wrong direction. If you ask me, nobody looks at a senator for their opinion when they they're the ones that opinions go into voting the legislature and stuff. Maybe yeah. we should right. be concerned about their opinions. Maybe we should listen to what the police commissioner has to say or the comptroller or whatever. Yeah. But no, we're very distracted. We're watching TV and we think, okay, I watch yeah. this person on TV three days a week. Right. This person is important, and I need to hear what they have to say about foreign policy or whatever. We're very um. Very confused. Yeah, the boss in my company can't drop a bomb on a nation. Right. Let's 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 talk about this episode. We'll take last break and do the next episode. Basis. One of the classics of this season might be one of the best episodes this season. Now wait, couple of I I think after it aired, Alaska and I didn't really like it or get it. I got it. I, I thought it just took a long time to get to where it was going. I love this episode, Trini to the Bone. Again, it's about Trinidad people uh, from the island of Trinidad and Tobago. And Wait, it was are you, just so are you from the end, Are you from the West Indies? No, I actually, I, I, I called you to be like, what, what is your experience with Trinidadian culture in New York after this era? So go on. Right. So I, well, actually, me personally, I never really got along with Trini. So me and my family have a, like a history of not getting along with Trini. But you Trini. love Fife, dog. You got to love Fife. Yeah, we used to call them trick-a-daddies. <laughs> so nobody Trini take offense to it. But me and my mother personally have had instances with some Trini. And uh, it wasn't too favorable. But the fact that this was so accurate. But again, this episode was about raise your children or somebody will. And this was also uh, more nightmare fuel about this family. The, 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 first of all, the episode starts with them being so surprised that their son is still sitting there. They're like, yeah. what, are you, what, are you, what are you still doing there? And doubled with the fact that they don't know how or what to feed their son at all. It's morning time. They giving him, was like Eggs Benedict or something like that? Or some yeah. sandwich from the, yeah. From, yeah, he from, the, the from the corner of Starbucks or whatever. The mango curry wanted, shit. Uh, Mango curry on it because this was bland. And so that's where we start with your parents <laughs> feed you bland food and your caregiver, babysitter, nanny is not there. We come to find out that she has passed away. And this, then the episode takes us on a circuitous roller coaster ride of this white family going to this black home daddy 
funeral and their experience there and um, how what ensues is some guilt from both of them in different ways. The mom is, is feeling guilty as she doesn't want her son to feel left out and neglected like she saw it um, illustrated at the funeral with some of um, uh, what was her name? Uh, Miss, uh, what, was, what was the character's name? The, the nanny. Um, shit, I don't know. Hold on, let me see if I could. So, do you remember? Wait, what was it? What was the nanny's name? Oh, uh, Sylvia, right? Miss Sylvia. And so, Miss Sylvia neglected her family to take care of other children because she was a nanny. And that is also a traditional and cultural thing of West Indians that do raise other kids um, raise other children. They, they're in a lot of nanny positions. They come from the island specifically to do that. And a byproduct of that is could be, it will, will be neglecting your own family when you're not there because yep. you're raising up some other kids in there. And there's a lot of resentment that can be built up. And that was illustrated. So the mother felt that way when she got home. And the father was feeling a certain way about he wants to expose his son to real life events. And he thinks he did well by taking him to a funeral, even though the kid was young. But amidst all of that is the hilarity of the kid being so influenced by Trinidadian culture. Chet Hanks makes an appearance. The kid finishes people's sentences with a half accent. It's so funny. But again, the sad and the nightmare part of it is the parents don't know their son. Because they have no idea what he's talking about, where he gets half of the things he's saying, and what is going on at the funeral. One of the poignant lines, one of the great lines to me is, the fight breaks out. Some more commotion is going on. The casket's getting banged into. And the, fa- and the white family's trying to leave. And then they stop when God grabs the mic. And he says, stop, you're scaring all the white people. And he said, young boy, <laughs> he said, he said, young boy, you're scared. You're feeling scared. And, and, the, and the young boy nods and said, and he said, we apologize. We just trying to show. This is how we show that we sad. This is how we show it. We sad. We sad, just the uh, Pasqua angle of it. But just showing that I've been to funerals where every last one of those things happened. Somebody's trying to climb in the casket. It's been a fight. It's been a misunderstanding. There's been family strife. I've seen all of that. The food is a certain way, good, bad, and ugly. And there are, there is big cultural differences between how some people um, exhibit grief and sadness and some people don't. I asked Zilla after the episode about like maybe Catholic funerals. Are they a little quieter? And right. people are just more somber and walk say things silently and whisper to themselves and then walk out. It's not more of a celebration. There was a dance number at this funeral. Um, mm-hmm. If people are familiar with New Orleans funerals, they walk they walk a they number of streets line. through the second line with the horns and the um, music section. And it's more of a reverie than a sad occasion. So I just thought it was just, it was just good to show a glimpse of different, one, how another culture grieves to the juxtaposition of the white family and the young boy being raised by Miss Sylvia and how the the, the, the parents were fishes out of water. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I thought the end, they nailed the end with the photo that just kept coming back. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, you know, everything was just a reminder that you're not the parent. Nope, and then and and one of the last the pictures when he flipped through it, he, the boy looked just like Sylvia with a look. He gave a look to the camera that was looking just like one of Sylvia's look. Yeah. Like legitimately, this is my boy and not not so, and, and, and right. not yours. Go ahead, laugh. Go ahead, Z. Um, the Chet Hanks stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
what what I'm wondering is how beloved and or how incredible is Donald Glover or the people at FX to get Chet Hanks to come on and essentially clown himself and then later because Liam Neeson like, <clears throat> to one himself. Chet Hanks was going through the controversy of Chet Hanks popped up at the Oscars one time. He was outside, his father was inside, and he did this gigantic fake ass patois accent. Yes. And right. blah, 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 blah. And then at the end, he said, I just love Jamaican people or whatever. And everybody was like, What is going on? Like, what did he bust into that for? Like, it just seemed out of the blue and it, you know, turned viral and it kept on. So the fact that, you know what I'm saying, Z, like the, the genius of casting him to make fun of himself in a, in a, episode about trinity culture and the yeah. fact that he was from tribeca it's just genius because it's meta it's yeah. double layer it's, it's past the fourth wall because he doesn't have to look at the camera to say aha we all know and and we all know because it's american culture because we know about chet hanks and his antics and his controversies recently mm. so you don't even have to have him look at the camera on some aha you get it we get it yeah, we get and it. I bust but, out laughing when I saw him. There, there is also like a certain like brand of like well-off white hip hop head mm-hmm. that uses like the fact that they had a black nanny as like a cachet. Yeah, in the black so, culture, like you know, like I understand black culture because I I had a black nanny. Right, nice. the walking the walking appropriator. Yep. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I think that was there too. Did. I don't know. I know I've been talking to you guys about it, but did have you watched Zee Wee yet? Because Chet Hanks was on there. I watched clips. Yeah, she was. Nah, he was on there wilding out. And Yo, he's out of his mind. She, out of his mind. doing impersonations, and he just busts into voices and Eminem impersonations. Is out yeah. of control. He's, he's off, very his, much off his rocker. He might have been on speed. He might have been, been. There was something going on. Like he's off. Oof. And Zee was good about it. Z, if you watch it, she'll what let you she'll walk you into your own. Uh, she gives you all the rope. She walks uh, you into your own. Yeah. She walk, yeah, she walks you into your own yeah. hanging yourself. You know, uh, there's you, an episode where she had like they were talking about white savior complex. Really? And um she had she had the guests cast the story of Frederick Douglass using only white actors. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, and they were so uncomfortable. I it was amazing. Shit. And she, she right. called them white ex people. White ex people. Right. White ex. Oh Instead of Latinx, white ex. Instead white of Latinx, white ex. All right, let's hit our last break and then yeah. we'll get We're into the last three episodes. Bong. Cool. Power style. All right. Zee What up, y'all's panels, man? East Hampton Polar Boys. When the catalog out now, man. We got CDs, merch, all that. Insubordinaterecords.com, man. Make sure you don't sleep on it because before you know it, it's going to be all gone. So make sure you head over there, stream it, do all that. Long live Lord Jones, man. Win a catalog, album of the year. You know what it is. Peace. Hey, yo. She caught me fly, woo garments from overseas. Below Ganese with extra palm, drown Rattini. Fresh panini, ground bill, chopped garlic and olives. Get demolished, fly air of goddess, never modest. Perfect sonics fill my palace. Wires missing, acoustics hitting, needle, bless the vinyl. Been the champion. Let's take this season home. We got three episodes. Cole and Kelly. All right. The next episode, season three, episode eight, New Jazz. New Jazz. Episode is also AKA part two of the Forest episode from season two. He's cool. Um, He's New Jazz. 
with these with these um spirit walks that uh, Al goes on and learns about it's my himself. favorite episodes, bro. He's talking to characters, but he's really almost talking to himself. And these these are really well written. Brian Tyree acts the hell out of these episodes. He, he really gets in his bag. So pretty much, he um he ends up in um under in Amsterdam. Um, yeah. Al and Darius walk around Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. I can make a way better TV show than this. So more so uh, deriving talk in the episode description. So um, Al and um, Darius go on this uh, journey where they take Peruvian space cake. Stereo lab. Woo! I love the stereo lab. lab. It's all walking around Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, Al and Darius get separated and Al runs into this um, woman named Lorraine. Um, for the record, she's a trans woman. Um, I don't know if y'all know that. Um, and she takes them on a journey of self-discovery and um, uh, career questioning. And it's yeah. a very uh, another meta episode because Al loses track of her. He catches up with her. There's like these weird things that go on. Like when y'all notice that the prostitute behind the red um, behind the red uh, window takes a picture of him. Yes, you can't. It's against the law for you to take pictures of them out there. So there was yeah. something to that. Her taking a picture of him and being a celebrity, and you can't take pictures of them as you walk by and stuff. It's not allowed. Right. Really. So that was that was yeah yeah, like legitimately not allowed. So that's why that stood out. Um, and it was yeah. all these instances, and then they end up at this bar called the Cancel Club. Kids where he bumps into Liam Neeson. Yo, as and himself. Liam Neeson goes into as himself goes into his incident with one to hurt a black person. And the banging line that Liam Neeson says, um, Al says, Well, you know, it's good. You shouldn't, you know, you don't dislike black people. I'm glad you're cool. He's like, No, I can't stand you, fucking something like that. Yeah, I'm you're my He says, The good thing about being white is you don't have to learn a lesson if you do not want to. There yeah. it is. Bad. Yes, you don't have to learn a lesson. You don't have to learn a lesson. And that's that right it. there. That line sums up the discomfort yeah. of white people the last two years who are either being exploited to learn a lesson by like Robin D'Angelo and all that shit or doubling down and being like, fuck that. There's no fucking lesson. What the fuck you mean? Right. Like, it's... It's quite a pendulum to swing, you know what I mean? Versus like, like you guys all know when I was going through all the DEI trainings the last couple of years, some of them were fucking fantastic. I enjoyed them. They were really moving and others were just pure fucking grifters who were just going to grift. And I remember saying in one of the calls, I was like, I'm like, it made me realize how many white people never saw like higher learning when it came out, never saw poetic justice when it came out, never saw fucking don't be don't be a menace, like just never interacted with any type of fucking black culture or black people until 2020, 2021 and being like, oh, my God. And Liam Neeson saying that shit was like transcendent, dude, to say that shit right to his face and be like, white people ain't got to learn no fucking lesson. What I would say to you, Castro. What what do white people not like more than anything else? Being told what to do. <laughs> white people yeah. don't like being told what to do. And so it was a great episode. We encourage everybody to watch it. And again, it's the second part of the the first episode because what you come to find out is Lorraine is Al's mother's name. Yeah, and he was pretty much going on a spirit walk with his mother once again, and I'm um, learning some things about himself, asking about who owns his masters, and being um, relieved. When uh, um, Ern finds him in a drug-induced coma state, laying on the street, and he does reveal to him that you own your masters. 
which to us as musicians is very um, heartwarming and uh, it's uh, it's a there's a big relief when you know that you own your stuff and yeah. your, um, your your family's taking care of you even though they they you know y'all make money together. Next episode. Well, Rich, one thing it yeah. was a good um, redemption arc for Earn too because Earn had always been a fuck up in the previous season. Oh, totally. Yeah, and he's up. doing so much better this season yeah, being a manager. Yep. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. You see, and you see Earn throughout this season on his dean working Always. hard. Yeah. He's um, on point. Stupid and that was shit, that's bro. pretty important. Yep. Um, next episode, Rich Wigger, Paul Wigger, our first black <laughs> and white episode. And why? Because the main character is biracial and plays his white parts oh. when he wants and plays his black parts when he Aaron. When Your he, man Aaron. Man. Yeah. Aaron. A.A. Ron. Oh my god. A.A. Ron. <laughs> So pretty much, and there's another there's another um special time and Kevin Samuels uh passed away recently, literally oh, recently, and then he's um the main character, one of the main characters in this episode. He pops up on this um on Aaron and, and the, George bi- the biracial star yeah, George, George Wallace, Wallace in this episode. Um the biracial star of this episode. Um he pops up on this school and says he's gonna pay for everybody's tuition, and Aaron is, is having a particular problem with boarding school his black father is not paying for it and his white friends who he mainly hangs with and interacts with oh um are all on their way to school gonna leave him in the dust so the savior comes in kevin samuel's character and acts like he's gonna pay everybody's tuition aaron thinks all his um prayers are answered until he finds out if you're black if you're black if you're Nails. black you'll pay oh your tuition and what he does is he starts having auditions for people to prove their blackness in order to get this uh, scholarship. One of the great scenes in this episode is all of the people close to or people of color acting like they're black, braiding their hair, mm-hmm. doing dance moves outside of the audition space oh to God. try to get in and convince them. If you look in the corner, you miss it. But these two Asian kids are recreating the Stankonia album cover. Yep. Um, yeah. One of has their shirt off and one's acting like big boy. It's hilarious. Great fucking episode. This episode was incredibly hilarious. Um, I think it, it might have been my favorite one off. Yes, this was, this, this was my funny. favorite one off. This was definitely my favorite one off. Yeah, I'm, I might have to agree. At the end, Aaron leans into his black side, shaves his head, and starts wearing go- um, single gold chains and brushes his, and keeps brushing his hair to get his waves up. <laughs> Yo, it's the- just. It's, it's 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 hilarious. It's very hard, it, and it's funny because it's hard to review and talk about because it's just so funny. We just want you to watch it. And it's and so the way horrible. it ended was like Thriller when he looks in the fucking camera. Yeah, it was like, and a, it was like an eighty sitcom. Then it hits you like the yacht yeah. rock music and shit at yeah. the end, like some Zach like some shit. um some Happy Day shit. Yeah, that was crazy. Sunday, Monday, Happy Days. Oh, but then, God. but remember, wait when when him and the other the black dude. With the flamethrowers, like who gets shot by police? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, oh my god! Yeah. But then, and, and then it he goes survives. Back to, it goes back to um, the beginning of the episode too, where Aaron's like, "The police will say freeze," and yeah, the cops like, shoot him, like, and then say freeze. Yeah, yep. yeah. 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 And, then, and then remember, Kevin Samuels walks up, is like, "You get shot by police, the blackest thing you can do," and he gives this scholarship. Yeah. Yeah, because at first the Nigerian kid was not afforded the scholarship because being Nigerian is not being black in America. Yeah, he's like, I'm not black, yeah. right? You you have yeah. a place of origin, you have a culture that you can call your own, and that's right. not that. And that's 
it's it, essence not being black in America. Yeah. It, there's so yeah. many, it's so, good. It's so many lines. It's so it's so many layers. This episode it well, is hilarious. There's also the layer of the idea that there's only one way to be black too. Like oh, yeah. this yeah. episode completely yeah. touched on that too, which which is a big thing, and I think in a lot of like progressive circles because it's like you see it too, like where. You know, there's a lot of conservative Latino people, right? Yeah. When they vote conservative, there are progressive people that are calling them not really Latino, like taking away their identity. Right. Like there's a lot of that that goes on as well. Um, you know, on the the sort of more progressive side where it's like low key racism Mm -hmm. or you know, really high key racism disguised as cultural awareness. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And and the weirdest thing too, I said to you, Castro, I was like, Aaron A uh, A uh, Rod, he realized after it was all over, and he's working at like the fucking Best Buy, like you know, some black chicks, he's fucking macking all their hardest shit. He realized like him being white was was a sucker's bet because he had no fucking flavor. Like he he had security, but like his dad thought he was a pussy. He didn't get yeah. the scholarship. The police shot exactly. at the other dude, and he still didn't get like nothing worked out really well for him. And he had to keep taking L's while leading into his for the black guy at the school. Yep. Right, but then once he flipped the script and he said, you know, he was like, yo, you know, my, like he said, talk about like being on probation and shit, like. Yeah. Just, you know, go, you know, go to he front Tom. I'll give my discount to you. Like, yeah, he just had so much fucking swag with the brush <laughs> and a chain over top of his like Best Buy polo shirt. And oh, he just okay, reminded yeah. me of so many dudes I know that were like raised in ghetto, grimy ass parts of Philly that were white that had the like all time hood pass. That like yeah. they were like they were they yeah. were those dudes like they would mack on black chicks almost exclusively right and but this dude was actually biracial but then like flipped the fucking coin and was like okay like this white shit is played out you know yeah <laughs> it didn't work out the way I wanted it to yeah. work out the way I wanted oh to. my god that was fucking brilliant yeah all right last finale here we go terrarium finale terrarium 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 where we find out. Yo, Van. Yeah, go ahead. I've been talking a lot. What would y'all think of this episode? Well, I said to Castro real quick, Alaska. As soon as it started, and she had the hair and the shirt, I'm like, I'm like, why is this bitch dressed like Amelie? It's the first yeah, thing I thought. That's why so I didn't times. even think that. It's the first I, I, I've seen that movie. I she the really looked like it. Amelie. I, I she, didn't pick up on it until uh, until she really until, did. Um, yeah. I, mean, I remember an Amelie like she knows all the fucking the the, the clerks right. and the townspeople, she's and she's like coming and yep. going. She's always moving. She got a little fucking bike. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So it was I, very much. There was probably a couple more parallels to Amelie than we even know than, than we even witnessed when we watched it. Wow. Uh, I I was really thrown in the beginning because. They went to her apartment and she was on the cover of a magazine. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, like is this like a weird there? dream sequence thing? What's going on with that? Right. Or like right. has just that much time passed? But then you find out only like a couple weeks passed. Right. She was just so, in there getting busy. Acting yeah. Being cool. um, but I, and, so and then, I, was, I was thrown too because I was like, what's going on here with the accent? I was like, for 10 minutes, I was. Yes. Like, confused. Yeah. 
But I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a, a, like a, just a powerhouse performance from her. Yeah, um, Zazi. And that Alexander Skarsgård uh, cameo yeah. was great. When he's playing fucking Ashanti in his underwear. Yeah. You know, like, yo, Ashanti and, um, and Nelly's still together. So here's the other thing about Zazi Beats. She's actually German. Right. So when she did that German episode, that was legit. And she also can speak French fluently. Oh, God. So she was in, yeah, she's in her bag. She's yeah, back doing these um working on his shows. Yeah, you yeah. remember Scarsgar's like, you know, it's a crazy idea. I just like to be inappropriate. I just like to take my clothes off in the middle of the day. Like, and they were like, yeah, they were yeah. Yeah, but, was but at first there was no was response. Like, into it. Yeah, but at first there was no response. He's like, I'm sorry, this is so inappropriate. But is it like he was just being a fucking rascal? And then all of a sudden he cut to her like her jackets off. <laughs> Yeah, but he, he was down yeah. in his fucking TV. Oh my god. Those two those two were amazing. Like throughout the episodes, they like really yeah. like their little no. sidebars were crazy funny. The one, one the girl was like the one girl's like, girl, just let her live her life. She ain't hurt nobody. Well, she's definitely hurt a lot of people today, but they, they look like they deserve <laughs> they it. Probably deserved <laughs> they probably deserved it. it. <laughs> she's the definitely hurt a lot of people. With the, with the bread samurai sword. I wouldn't even ruin it for the listeners. Just understand bread and samurai sword. Well, I think I, I think yo, they listened to this far. They should have seen it. I, I okay, legit did think it was gonna be a sword in there. Did you? I did. Yeah, I, I thought so cool. I, you thought it was a sword. I didn't know what was going on. She was actually really? so oh, I thought that was part well, of the strange. When, when they roll up to the project, I'm like, this is like Top Boy, but like in yeah. France. Like, this yeah. is a hood shit. <laughs> and that's where they first started calling it Tarare. And Tarare, if you look it up, was a guy that had a weird appetite and he was a performer. He, he ate a baby. He actually oh ate a baby. God. Oh my God. As you, as, you, as you go through the episode, you find out the, the main course of this dinner that they're setting up is they're eating hands. Like mine. <laughs> like that dinner, like mine. And they coded it and everything. But funny thing is, when the black girls got disgusted and were getting up, two things happened. One, there's the ignorance of um there's the ignorance of black pain and black women suffering and needing help because um Van was screaming her, yeah. her head off when she had the moment with Lottie. And if you notice the people at the dinner table, they moved, they didn't budge. The two yeah. black girls said, did you hear that? They were acting like they responded to that. Everybody else was ignoring it. But the two black girls were disgusted when they realized it was hands. Nobody moved from the table either. Right. Yeah. So you got, you know, there was there was two things. It was one, you, oh there, was a, there was a certain ignorance about black women needing help in hospitals, in the streets, wherever. And there was also a certain ignorance about this um, trying to to, to live in this opulent life by eating hands when it's really disgusting, but you, oh, you still want to have like bread and shit. There was, yeah, was like it a was, bread bowl, like straight. white hands yeah. and black hands. Oh, it looked God. like a hamburger helper glove. <laughs> yeah, and they fried they 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 they, they prepped everything and they put saffron on the shit and fried it. I was done. I was, but I was cracking up. Yeah. It was so funny. And the the scene at the end with um with Van and I can't remember her friend's name. Candace. Candace. Candice. 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 Yeah. Candice. Candice. Like just sort of her facial acting. Oh, she was incredible. Oh, she was, was doing great. Yeah, she was doing great. Amazing. Yeah. And she, yeah. And she yeah, was in the great. first season. I told Castro. Yeah, she was. She was, was in she? the oh, she was homegirl that was like the fucking bougie. And the Drake episode. And then she left with the DJ. She came up. Right. She came She's with the DJ. Bougie. She was dating him. And then she left before the DJ even came. And he's the one that got them in there. She was all yeah. bougie out Yeah. Yeah. And she was in this episode. She was there to piss on the guy. That's the other little yep. um, subplot. Yeah. Oh my um, god! And then yeah, the, yo. yo, and I said to Castro, the part where 
the big girl is standing over top of dude. She's like, can we just get this over? I've been drinking a ton of water. And she's just pissing on him. And she's just staring at the Eiffel Tower. And the music sounded like like Sleepless in Seattle or like some Billy Crystal shit. Like it sounded yeah. like a 90s rom-com. Like the part yeah. where they meet and it's like Louis Armstrong and the fucking yeah. lower lids. It's and she's just, she's just staring out, having a moment, like looking at the Eiffel Tower, pissed off. He's like, oh, fuck. Like he's just getting pissed at his mouth. Because she the kept pissing, head. he kept going. And she slowed, slowed down and she kept going. He's like, stop, stop. Like he was like, drowning. Oh, fuck. Like he's trying. But again, this 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 whole this whole season shows the the mastery, like Alaska was talking about earlier, the, the yeah. mastery that they know what they're doing and they and they set out on their mission to express themselves in these stories and they execute it. Like that's the, the yes. execution. Like you, you know what I realized about this season too, after watching the first two and then this, it's like even like the 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 new jazz episode with like we're wearing the goofy hats, right? Yeah. Or even this one with like um playing Ashanti and then the the baguette, all that. Like the the writer I'm not sure how many actual writers are on the show, right? But it's obviously funneled through Donald Glover and potentially his brother. It's them being like every weird unconscious thought and feeling and memory and nightmare and specific childhood memory I have. I'm gonna put it into this motherfucker. You know what I mean? But like in a very specific place to where yeah. they never explained the goofy hat. You know what I mean? But like, nope. but when you were a kid and you would see the commercials for fucking Disney world, people had the fucking goofy yeah, hat the on. Goofy if you went like, that was yeah. such a, a mainstay of like eighties, nineties Disney world. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like it on our end when making records, it's like when you're in album mode. Right. And we talked about this before. You're like fun on all your experiences, old songs, new songs, an artist that you like, you like, oh, that would be dope if they were on this song. Or like, oh, there's a new guy I found. Maybe I can, like, you're funneling everything just into that work. And I feel like the the brilliance of this show is like, like even season two, like Bibby, the barber. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all the fucking things that Bibby put him through with like going to an, a, a construction site, dealing with his kid on the street, like all of these fucking crazy things that happened. This is all from these dudes' experiences, but they know how to use it to either totally disorient you and make you feel like, I don't know where this is going, but I'm, I'm here for the ride. Or yeah. it's like the ultimate thing of like the Amelie. <laughs> like her doing that whole fucking thing, you know, where she's fearing the streets as a drug dealer, but then she's beating a dude at a museum with a baguette. And then she's Alexander Skarsgård, she's fucking spitting in his face fucking motel he's like beating off furiously in a bed <laughs> like what oh, the fuck is this so you know what I mean? <laughs> you want to fucking humiliate me oh yeah i see like <laughs> after sprinkling the drugs in his hotel room yeah, yeah. It's like oh these are the games they're like they're like is that fucking crack we played, crack we we played these games wow oh my god like that is psychotic to think about but again, like these these guys have all thought about these things or have had like weird dreams or conversations or personal jokes over time and and, and, the, and it all gets thrown into these seasons. And then they kind of formulate something to where you're like, okay, like this is what we're doing now. Like here we are. You know what I mean? This girl's gonna be pissing at this dude's face. <laughs> Look at that Eiffel Tower. <laughs> like, oh my god. That shit is so wild. Ladies and gentlemen, LA is legitimately crying right now. It was, it's just a triumph. It's just like, I don't know if they're going to get another season, but um, 
They got one. They shot these two seasons back. Oh, they back. did. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. That's good to know. Because I was wondering. Supposedly, was... supposedly season four is supposed to come out in the fall, but I okay. Oh, and that's then real great. quick, even we forgot about the one subplot about Lakeith with with the pop up Ethiopian food spot. Oh yeah, and then yeah. coming back and the white bitch has put them out of business, parked outside. And, 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 uh, and, yeah, and and, if, and the thing I said to Castro was this whole season was like Darius's character kind of lights the wick, and then the bomb's about to explode, but he doesn't really do anything. He just yeah, he stands there. Right. Yeah. He so even with the all lives matter chick in the beginning of the season, or even the Ethiopian spot, or even like um um when he's with Van like like at, at the dude's dying, like he's just kind of watching havoc yeah. unfurl in front of him, whether he can stop it or not. He's just kinda like he's just like a bystander the whole season. The observer. Yeah. 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 I mean, I almost feel like that's his role, right? He's just the sort of the watcher. He's mm. not even the watcher. Like he's, it's sort of like he's, he's on a mission for like spirituality and righteousness, right? Right, right. Like finding like his elevated self and like <laughs> the things that happen around you, you take them in, but like you don't necessarily get involved because they take your energy away. Like there's um, there's this dude Carlos Castaneda, who wrote these like books that were like they ended up kind of being like a fraud mm. um but he was like a, a an anthropology phd student at ucla and he wrote these books about um they were called yaki yaki indians they were like from mexico mm. um and he explored their spiritual usage of peyote um mm. and he came under the tutelage of this guy named juan matus who was supposed to be a brujo which is basically like a, you know, a wizard or a witch. And his whole teachings were about like, sort of to find like the power of the universe and the power within yourself. Hmm. You can't be impacted by any of the things around you because that's just like taking away your power. It's like whole, whole books about like shutting off your internal dialogue. And well, I think, like, in some ways, that's what it seems like Darius wrestles with, right? Because he's he's injured by the things he sees, but he's also, like, on a quest. And yeah. I think there's, there's elements yeah. of that with him where it's, like, he's trying to, like, maneuver through different planes. And the that's physical plane, like, sort of is something that he witnesses and it hurts him, but he can't get involved in it. That's fucking cool. He was even like that. Remember yeah. at the at the Drake episode, champagne, where he's yeah. just like by the side of the pool. And like, yeah, yeah, Van, just, Van, yeah. And what's your name from fucking Snowfall? Is the girl that comes down and is talking to him? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the, um, um, the the crackhead chick, the reformed crackhead from Snowfall. Oh okay, w- Wanda. Yeah, Wanda. Wanda. Wanda's in that episode. And she's down there like talking to Darius. This whole series over. Yeah, she's talking to Darius. And then Van comes down and finds them. She's like, what the fuck are you doing here? He's just like laying there doing whatever the fuck he wants. All right. Final thoughts. You know, Masterpiece, what do you want? Yeah. Yeah, I suggest everybody watch it and then watch it again. Yeah, I mean, the, the season's brilliant. And 
I just like not having it around for so long. Like the, I forgot how much I enjoy the universe. Do that rewatch, like, bro. You know, the universe and the, the company of these four people. It's like, yeah. it's just, it's wonderful being on a fly on the wall for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh I I do wish I said a catcher. I selfishly wish there was more Paperboy because he's he's my favorite character. But um, again, like what whatever their their thoughts and ideas were to do the 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 one offs and the you know the, the the side of the road horror shows, that was fucking cool too. And I, I guess they felt like hey, you know, if if we don't have enough ideas to do a full however many episodes with the main characters, let's do something that we we really want to do too. And they did it. So yeah. I'd rather do that than yeah, I mean, kind of have you know four episodes of great shit with the with the main cast and six that were filler with the main cast. Yeah, I mean, if you if you watch good horror anthology movies, that's what they are, right? They're like really good side stories, but there's also a good like connective tissue that brings you to all those places, and that kind of is what this season felt like—a horror anthology. Right, that's a good point. All right, well, um, that, that I think that sums everything up for us here on the podcast. Yeah, I think- um yeah looks that way party on dudes so um i don't have anything to promote at the moment uh some some major major albums are in the final stages of being mixed and mastered artwork and merchandise being uh evaluated so we'll have some more awesome news we gotta start setting up the the summer curriculum of all the ideas we have for summer shows yeah series is yeah, I actually, I, I met with Gang today to talk about the one that I told you guys about. Correct. So we got, we got some good guests lined up for it. Yeah, buddy. So we'll do that. And then yeah. um, that's it. Fuck with us on the Patreon, the Twitter, the IG, YouTube. Fucking. Oh, the Kevin Samuels TikTok shit. That, that's where I'm more familiar with him. Even even in his demise, his TikTok is fucking popping. So shouts to Kevin Samuels. Rest in peace. And uh, it's it's quite a rabbit hole to get pulled into. It is pretty wild. So shouts to him making it to the season. Apparently, Steve Harvey was going to take the role, and it fell through. So they gave it to I Kevin I feel like Samuels. that's for the better. Yeah. That's very yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. So, it would have been like too much like, oh, that's Steve Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty going. So I think that's all we have here for Curly uh, Castro. I'm Zilla. That's Alaska. I'm Adam's fan. And we are call-out culture. Catch us next time at the same culty time. Cultos. Cultaholics. Cultaholics. Peace out. Peace, y'all.